3: the hemp present resistance seeking to defeat the turn facts of prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant the whole plant and nothing but the plant join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion as i speak with some of the principal risk takers movers and shakers and history makers of the cannabis industry culture and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, entering its 29th year speaking flower to power and found at hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle HempFest from AHA Publishing, also found at hempfest.org. If you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic for the show, email me at hemppresent@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Today's guest on Hebsen is former nursing professional Barbara Gooding, who suffers from a serious pain condition. Those like myself who've been involved in the medical cannabis movement for some time have witnessed firsthand the degree to which cannabis can assist people experiencing pain and managing their suffering. In many instances, cannabis can be used to complement or even reduce the amount of pharmaceutical pain medications taken by someone suffering from chronic or intractable pain. However, we have also heard on this show from several physicians That the medical establishment and institutions in this country are somewhat resistant to the notion that a pain patient should be able to self-medicate with cannabis. Barbara Gooding had a 40-year career as a nurse, 20 of those years as a nursing supervisor. In 2012, Barbara suffered a spinal injury that left her in severe pain from her neck down, and she's joined me today to share her personal experiences as a pain patient negotiating the bureaucracy of the American healthcare system and the reluctance of some doctors to allow patients the freedom to experiment with cannabis in an effort to gain greater greater relief from their suffering. Welcome, Barbara, to Cannabis Radio.
4: Well, thank you, Vivian, and all those that are making this happen and those that are listening. Um, I feel very very honored to be
3: here today. Well, Barbara, I just want to start off by stating that you are really a remarkable person in my experience. You've overcome so much in your life, and I'm just so grateful for your openness to share your thoughts and experiences with us today. Um, Let's begin with you telling us about your pain condition. What is your condition, and how does it affect your daily existence?
4: Yes. Um, A little over seven years ago, 2012, um, I had a freak accident where I broke my neck, um, just falling out of a bed. Before that, I was very, very healthy, um, just taking a few vitamins. I was on a baseball team. I was playing tennis every day. And even though I had retired, I was still working at a couple hospitals. I'm going to be 70 this year, if you can believe that. Um, Other than being paralyzed and working really hard um, to try and get stronger, I'm still hoping to get out of this chair. Um, It started in the hospital with this medicine. Um, I am on. Uh, so many narcotics, you know, it it even scares me, but when the, if I go to the ER or the hospital, they look at it, and, you know, the normal person, now that I have built up a tolerance, um, I don't know if the audience knows what that is, but um, they barely keep the pain um, at bay, and... Sometimes they don't work at all, and I do, you know, this, when it happened, I was amazed at all the people, family and friends that came forward wanting me to try the cannabis.
3: Can I just ask you've been you've been prescribed for your pain a variety of pharmaceutical pain medications you were originally prescribed meds like dilaudid and ms contin yeah, and those
4: and those
3: and those were eventually yeah. replaced by methadone and valium which I believe is your current ma- pain management protocol um how how have you been responding to that treatment plan
4: Well it was a hard decision for me to make because again as a nurse I knew that methadone, they had found out, was just as bad as the other opiates. It was addicting, and you still go up a tolerance. I had already told myself I would limit, I wasn't going to go up any higher. I was going to try other things, meditation, whatever it took, deep breathing, um, but whenever I tried myself to get weaned off without doing anything else, um, the I ended up taking more. But with the cannabis, it does help.
3: Barbara, we're, as you're sensitive, I'm sure to the fact that, that we're in the middle of what's termed as an opioid crisis, about 130 Americans die each day from opioid overdoses. Methadone, which you're being treated with, is cited as one of the top opioids causing these overdose deaths, about 70,000 deaths just since 2017. Would you like the opportunity to see if cannabis can enhance or even replace some of the pain drugs that you're currently on? Have you, have you tried cannabis?
4: Yes. And like I just said, I am taking it, um, despite when I first went in, we had a discussion about it. What I do is I just stop taking it a few days before I have the appointment with the pain doctor, because they do test my urine uh, randomly. But I don't like lying like this. It's degrading. I feel like a drug addict. Um,
3: Now, let me get this straight. You're, you're, let me get this straight. Your doctors told you that you couldn't take cannabis and they're pee testing you? Yes. Yes. Like, like somebody on probation.
4: like Right? Like somebody who's exactly, committed a crime. It's very embarrassing for me. I was a professional my whole life. You know, I worked first when I was young in that same hospital. Very large hospital um, from the ground up. After a year there, they were asking me to be in charge of a shift on a very busy medical floor. Then I worked after 10 years there, eight years in the ICU, along with doing supervising on the side until they finally asked me to do it permanently. And that was about 20 some years ago until I retired, but I loved it. I loved nursing. And I still haven't told you why, but um, we, I think you briefly know that I was, I had another accident.
3: When you were four years old.
4: Yes. And I just didn't get around to telling you that Vivian because that has gone by the wayside. I mean, I it, that did not. But I. But
3: your your brother told oh, was, me, Barbara, and and you were burned on seventy five percent of your body at four years old.
4: I was very disfigured. Um, for a while, they were just waiting for me to die. And I want to give a good thanks to Los Angeles. Um, I was Los Angeles. Children's Hospital, it was kind of my second home. And I think I started being a supervisor training there because even as a little kid, I would go room to room, making sure everyone was taken care of and I'd stay up late because I'm a night owl, bugging the nurses and doctors. I don't remember the incident, however, my younger brother remembers it. And my mother did um, document it. Um, it happened very quickly. And I don't want to take up a lot of time talking about that. Because did, did, never did that cause you
3: pain? pain? Did those scars cause you pain yes. as well, Barbara?
4: Um, not until I had my accident. Now they're very, very sensitive. Um and much more painful. My, It feels like somebody's gripping me or I'm being strapped down, very, very tight feeling, besides the nerve pain. Um, sometimes the pain is absolutely unbearable. Nobody can explain why. But when I do take the cannabis, it does help. But I can't Barbara, we, we have a, anything out of my doctors being afraid.
3: We we only have a few minutes um, before the first break. C- can I ask you? Did your doctors tell you why they didn't want you to try cannabis?
4: Yes. Um. Roughly, um, just real quickly, about three reasons that they said no studies had been shown. Um, there wasn't enough scientific data. They were afraid that I was going to overdose, not knowing um, how much I was getting. And they just sort of brushed it off as no. That was a no-no. Couldn't do it. Period.
3: And and, and how does it make you feel? You have no criminal history. You have no history of drug addiction. But you're uh-huh. currently being drug tested as if you were a criminal or on probation or something like that. How does that make you feel?
4: Very degrading.
3: I mean, you're a nursing professional.
4: I was 40 years straight, did a lot of doubles. And because of that, in my year early, when my children were young and I was doing a lot of doubles just to make ends meet. Working on all the floors on our oncology floor, Um, They were treating cancer patients, especially on chemotherapy, with a pill, a THC pill. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool. But then um, I never, I did not know when they stopped it. That was in the late 70s, early 80s. And then all of a sudden I got stopped. But that I was marinol. Really
3: that was Marinol that they were experimenting with.
4: Yeah, within um, a pill, though, I remember one yep. I did double.
3: Yep. That's and, isolated um, TH isolated THC. Um and we got to go to the first break. Uh so hold that thought, Barbara. I am speaking with Barbara Gooding, who I'm just going to call a pain warrior. Uh who's who's, uh, fighting to find relief from her pain like millions of Americans and people all over the world. We're going to take a quick break and hear uh, a word from our sponsors and come right back with our second segment.
2: Time to roll out for the people that let us present. Hang loose. We're coming right back.
0: Dazed and Infused.
5: not seeing many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on.
0: It's a dog's life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio.
2: We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak.
3: We're back on him Present with Barbara Gooding. Barbara, in, in your 40-year nursing career, had you ever been assigned to patients who were in the hospital being treated because of their use of cannabis was causing harm to their health?
4: Never. Not once. Especially a supervisor where... Um, I was a working supervisor. I just, I was never in the office. I was always making rounds or in the ER. Um, Never once in 40 years of nursing did I ever see that. However, I did see just about everything else. And as a matter of fact, I would drag my kids when they were of age, when I was working in the ICU, I would drag them through And I would say, this is what happens when you smoke cigarettes and drink alcohol in your life. Um, So none of them smoke um, occasional wine. You know, my, actually my oldest daughter married a French winemaker. But um, I wanted them to know how dangerous, um, you know, cigarettes and hard alcohol and compared to the cannabis uh, but there was never ever not one instance in 40 years did I ever come across any side effects of the cannabis
3: so have you are you trying CBD
4: your pain. And I didn't answer the meds you told you to ask me what I was on. And it is horrendous. I started in the hospital with two milligrams of Dilaudid, which really put me out. But then that, as I built up a tolerance, they increased it to four. And then when I was discharged, and I was still complaining of my muscles being tight and the pain. Getting worse, then they started the Valium as a muscle relaxer, and then once I was hospitalized because one of the strong pain medicines they were giving me put me into renal failure, and it was the it was an anesthesiologist that suggested the MS Contin, and so all of a sudden I was on these three. Hard medicines,
1: and every and time you, I would
4: tell the doctor we're going in the wrong direction here, all they would do was write for another medicine. And can we just point out know, that? I, count- I just want
3: to point out that that high, Dilaudid, which is hydromorphone, uh, and MS Cotton yeah. both uh, have a high risk for addiction and dependence. They could both cause respiratory distress and death when in high doses. Um, but 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 your doctors are afraid to put you on cannabis because you might overdose.
4: Yes, and for me, they don't do anything at all because I have built up such a tolerance over the years. I've been on these three hard drugs now for at least for at least the last four years. But when I go to the hospital or the ER, they just you know like i say i wish i wasn't on any of them um i never took anything before and i want to get off of them um and the cannabis works and i don't know um and i only do the edibles because my lungs are compromised because of my paralysis. I wanna keep my lungs strong. So I just, um, but I haven't, even though I have a card, like I said, my family and my friends, think that even one of the supervisors, they all came out of the woodwork and they all were, they were using cannabis and they were saying, here, try this, here, try that. Um, and so that's how, you know, I found that it was helpful. So what I do is I take it, I take it at night mainly, and that helps me get through the night. Because I have no caregivers during the night. I, I have to limit my caregivers to just a few hours a day, even though I'm completely paralyzed. Um, and that's the other feeling like a rock between a heart plate, Vivian. Is that because I worked no, Barbara, all my you, life?
3: You, yeah, you worked all your life despite the physical and emotional scars that you endured. Um, now you're disabled. You're unable to learn, learn, earn a living. Do you qualify for medical assistance to pay for all these expenses?
4: And see, that's the problem because I worked all my life, my Social Security and my pension. That's all they ask, and then they say, sorry, you make too much. And I say, but what about my caregivers I need? And they just say, sorry, you make too much money. You're not going to qualify. Wow. And so this is, it all comes out of my pocket. And so I, I limit the caregivers to just, you know, a couple hours in the morning, a couple hours in the afternoon, and a couple hours at night to help feed me and, um, you know, get me up and get me back down. I moved down, you know, originally I was born in Los Angeles. We lived in Orange County. That was because of my mom in Los Angeles, but my dad was from Washington state. And so when I was 12, we all moved up there. And I guess you did too. Um, but in 1962, when the World's Fair was going on, was when we moved to Bellevue, and that's when it was all wood. But now, you know, because um, now it's all well. You know how it is now. It's like everything else. Yeah, were I, I was there, actually, Fair,
3: I was, I was at the World's Fair, but I was very young. You know, but, Barbara. Um, can I ask you? Can I ask you? I've been to your your Facebook page, and in all the pictures, you're flashing this beautiful smile, um, despite yeah. everything you're dealing with. But you you must have some you must have some dark days too. You know what what keeps you going?
4: Um, I love life, and because of my burn, I have taken nothing for granted. Every day, I, tell, I still tell everybody, even though my life has been turned upside down. It happened during the year, my happiest. I had never been happier. It was the first time, you know, I had started planning. I was going to plan to play tennis till I was over 100 years old and be a grandma to all my grandkids, because now all four of my children are starting their new careers. They all have a boy and a girl. So I now have eight grandchildren. Wow. And um, it saddens me that this pain really keeps me from doing, doing what I want to do. And that's to exercise and get better and I'm still hoping to get out of this chair and to walk again just because I do have feelings. Unfortunately, it's just the um, the sensory. It's not the motor neurons um, yet. Um, but when I practice, when I'm not in a lot of pain, I do get stronger. And I to, to someone the next. that doesn't give up.
3: That is very obvious. We need to go to the next break, Barbara, so hold that thought, and we'll be right back with our final questions. Don't go anywhere. Time to roll
2: out for the people that let us present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Executives and companies in the cannabis industry.
0: Plant profits only on cannabisradio.com.
2: Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots.
5: They <laughs> have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot.
2: Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out.
5: 000- centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week joined Richard's Wiki, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The, the Green, Green Peak, Peak with Richard Zwicky.
2: We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong
3: Emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back for the final segment with Barbara Gooding. Barbara, we still have a couple minutes left in the show. Is there anything that you would like to add that hasn't been covered? I, I hear that you're you're working on a book.
4: I am working on a book. Um, having a second accident has complicated things um, because, you know, what I'm dealing with. But um, if anyone wants to uh, be put on the list of the book or the film um, the email address is barbara.goodingmedia@gmail.com. gooding media at gmail.com and Vivian I in closing I just again want to say uh, thank you for having me speak because it is a very important problem this Soviet crisis um All the people that are in pain, you know, it's hard because you can't see pain, Um, but people are in pain, people are dying. And, you know, other people like myself who feel so alone, you have given us a voice, Vivian. I want to say thank you for that. Um, And specifically, Um, if there's any medical personnel listening, um, to listen to their patients. Um, Hear what they have to say. Um, You know, with the narcotics being so toxic to our bodies, why aren't we doing more? with the cannabis and we just have to keep trying. I think little by little, um, I know I grew up in Seattle, raised my children in Basel, and then moved out to Port Angeles and I had a beautiful life. It was the happiest I'd ever been, Vivian, and this has given me a voice of what you've done for the whole world.
3: Well, Barbara, I just I want to thank you so much for being on the show and speaking your truth. You're such a beautiful person, and on behalf of all of us at Cannabis Radio, I just want to wish you the very best in your quest for relief and healing. Um, and, and and thank you once again for sharing such an important story with us. You take care, okay?
4: Well, and thank you, Vivian. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it gives us a voice. No one should have to live in constant pain. Completely agree. And be afraid to, and be afraid to tell their doctors that they're using cannabis. That shouldn't be the way it is. And you take you you take care.
3: I gotta go, Barbara.
4: All right, Vivian. Thank you.
3: You bet. I'm gonna to get to a weekly feature, of him present on Canvas Radio, and that's the quote of the week, and here it is. Imagine smiling after a slap in the face. Then think of doing it twenty-four hours a day. And that's Marcus Zuzak from his book, The Book Thief, referring to living in constant pain. That concludes this installment of percent on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hemposapien on our journey to justice. As we silence the violence, increase the peace and promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity. Because when it comes to prohibition, you have the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice. Find your voice and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Till then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, toke it easy... The hymn presents theme song, Take Back the Plants, performed by Stickerbush and sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music maestro. I'm out. Marijuana. THC, Sweet Sativa.
5: The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com.